0: You are on Line of Sight, a War Machine and Hordes podcast for new and experienced players. Hosted on the Line of Sight podcast network. Line of Sight is proud to host War Machine University, Brawl Machine, and Fallen Corvus, as well as numerous content creators like Field of Fire, Lightbringers, Brawler Bios, Vicarious Competition, Midnight Mon Pod, and Charge and Spike. You can find our content at
1: loswarmachine.com. Hello, everybody, and welcome to episode number 199 of Line of Sight. My name is Chandler. I'm here with Brett. We'll go with you first today.
2: Yay, I'm back back (laughs) among the awake.
1: Yeah. (laughs) Now, I have a cold. I probably shouldn't be here, but whatever. <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. Um, you. <laughs> yeah, you sent it to me uh, because we live so close together in <laughs> the same store. <clears throat> um, Jaden's here, too.
0: I am. It's bold of you to call
1: me the awake, Brett. <laughs> yeah, that's fair. Yeah, we're all here. Um, Hi, everybody. Welcome. We welcome got a lot to, to, to talk speak. about today. We do have stuff to talk about today. Uh, news. So there's a little bit of news going on. Private Press actually did post something to talk about, which is kind of exciting because it doesn't always happen. Um, they posted up basically, uh, I don't really want to say roadmap. That might be a little uh, strong, but it was a, teaser. Like, they put a Yeah, teaser kind, of an, kind of an overview of like some of the general things that they're kind of working on or planning on going into 2022. There wasn't a lot of specific information, which is why we're not going to be talking about it primarily today. Uh, but there's a few things just kind of mentioned and teased in there. Monpocket, as usual, is just booming. Like they're just—they've always got awesome stuff going on. Uh, but uh, mentions of a uh, potential new Warcaster faction, uh, for for Neo Mechanica coming down the line, uh, as well as more information about Orgoth in the future. Which it sounds like sometime next week, we're supposed to be getting some kind of like a hey, here's what this faction is and how they play, kind of a kind of general concept thing. So we'll see. Um, that yeah, is I, the plan. I'd like
0: to know that. Yeah. Yep. Also, eighty millimeter bases coming to War Machine sometime. Cool. Yes.
2: Yeah. Extra large that. base. That's a good name.
0: Ex- <laughs> is that really what they called it? Yeah.
2: I still
1: think it should be thick uh, base, but whatever.
2: Thicc <laughs> D- based.
1: Yeah. It's, it's, maybe it's three C. Yeah.
2: Uh, <laughs> oh, and, mo- and most importantly of all, Baby Argus and Baby Throg. I don't even care what the context is.
1: Yeah. I mean, you don't need to know any more than that. Right? No, not really. <laughs> uh. <laughs> Anyhow, uh, so that's about all they really had on with that. If you want to check it out, it's it's yeah, it's a private press. Insider uh, posted on the 16th of December. Um, it's just it's it's a little vague. They they're just kind of talking to some general ideas. So we're not gonna spend a whole lot of time on it, but. Yeah. Yep. Uh, beyond that. So last week we did a listener questions episode. We had mm-hmm. a great time. Jaden just uh, answering a whole bunch of listener questions. And we had like multiple interesting topics come out of that, actually, which one of them we're going to talk about a little bit today. But also we had a few more questions that we didn't get to. And I hate not getting to all the questions. So we're going to we're going to chunk through uh, the remaining ones. These are the ones that weren't on our discord. And, mm-hmm. um, and this uh, time is to be here, too. I am here. So you have to answer all of them. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> uh, nice. I do not have them pulled up. Jaden has them up. Uh, so if you want to knock out the first one for us. We'll all know.
0: right, I, I will MC. So we're going to go with the ones that are on the War Machine that I shared to the War Machine Horse General Facebook page. Jonathan Knight wants to know when Private Press will be releasing Chef 3, and honestly, we have no idea, so we're just going to go on from there. Um, Brent Car Beardsley. just come out. Yeah, Chef 2 just came out, so... Is this like when he rips off the Skulls of Hate and then, like, kills somebody with them and then ascends into a victor?
2: Uh, okay, now I want of 3 to be a victor. You're welcome.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I was just talking, and then you know what? I made a thing that sounded really cool. I mean, we've all, <laughs> we've all
1: just been waiting on the inevitable countdown for a Colossal Warcaster, right? Like, mm-hmm. Yeah,
0: I mean, we got, we've got we got Battle Engine... We got Weco Battle Engine casters, like Resnick 2 and them that are, like, kind of Battle Engine casters, and then we got uh mckay and scar
1: three which are actually battle engine casters like a caster that just has zero warjack points and is just, <laughs> right and it's just a colossal <laughs> dope. Glorious. they have negative warjack points i don't know how it works no. your opponent your opponent gets more points <laughs> Get it. no they just have a point cost they like cost like five points or something and that's
0: it <laughs> so all right, uh, Brent Beardsley, you just finished a tournament after a long while. This is probably aimed at me. What's stood out most from your prep, and what would you do differently? And question number two is: What are some of your ideas to increase your economy of motion, avoiding wasted time looking for tokens, dice, etc.? Um, okay, so we did an entire episode about my tournament prep, actually, like not that long well, ago.
2: No, he's he's asking for a follow up.
0: I guess so. This is maybe this is next week's topic or something. But <laughs> I'll do I'll do a quick one here. Um, so what stood out is the prep i did was by far the most like impactful tournament prep i've ever done um i rolled into that thing and when i played my gear the gearheart list it was just like i don't know like my second or third event with it and it was just like yeah okay i know how to play this list it's it's great um i didn't quite get to do that with the lucas list and as a result i was a little bit um less good there and so that shows me that you know the prep really did work cuz there was a clear like straight up one-to-one comparison, um, which was kind of interesting. Um, but what would I do differently? I mean, I would definitely practice the second list for sure. I think that I would probably spend even more time doing fake activations with just like dice and rolling attacks and stuff because that – um, sped up my gameplay a lot on the ones that I had out of the Lucas list, because I did get to do a little bit with that. So like, I knew the Rayless Interceptors really, really well, which was important, because I made a lot of attacks with them. And knowing the ranges, the AoE size, the spray size, all that other junk, what they're at is um, made those attacks go really, really quickly. Whereas I think, like, normally I'd be scrambling around in War Room going, this thing has so many attacks, What, what am I using right now? Um, yeah, because Raylesses are thick boys when it comes to their stack of rules um as for things that were increasing my economy of motion i have a really really wonderful uh widget tray that was made by uh, one of our moderators on our discord i don't know if he sells them right now so i'm not going to shout him out um and inside of that tray i've got all of my measuring sticks in one layer all of my widgets in another layer and then a third layer i've got his prototype um tokens holder which is basically just cutouts that is thick enough to put the tokens in there and so I went and I arranged all of the upkeep spells that I could need and all of the non-upkeep spells I could need, and then like all of the random effects that I need in my tokens in one specific spot so I could just like reach for them. And it was very, very quick. So, yeah. Nice. Yeah. Chris Bailey, friend of mine, uh, says, oh, How risky I, is
1: it? I... I said that Brett was supposed to answer the questions. He had to answer that one for you.
0: Oh, oh, all right, Brett, go for it.
1: Okay, so what you're going to do next time is <laughs> what?
0: What am I going to do next time, Brett?
2: Uh, I bet you're going to uh, do pretty much the same thing uh, and write more articles and produce more content for us. Wow, there you go. that's a really good
0: plan. <laughs> I should take some notes. Good stuff. Nice. Uh, all right, Chris Bailey says. Um, how risky is it buying into spam list? How much time might you have before the spam model gets nerfed right now? Thinking of the De- Disciples of Agony 30 Brigand list as an example. Uh Brett I mean, it's, since it's, you have to I, ask I've all, made, all of them. I oh, yeah. made
2: far more expensive mistakes than that. 30 Brigands isn't even that bad. <laughs> right? They're fair. they're plastic. It's only thirty units of them. Um I mean I have four World Guardians
1: and ten World Watchers. I think I think this is always kind of a hard one because like for me, and I mean, we've all bought like way too many of something at some point or another for a list. And like, Scarfville Griffins, yeah, like like everybody's kind of but like once you're kind of this invested and once you've kind of been playing the game for a while, I feel like the perspective on like where that's a problem or where it isn't kind of changes. Because for me, like if I do that and they like nerf something, I go, oh OK, like I just don't really think about it. It's just it's one of those things. It's just that's that's part yeah. of the the process of deciding to play a bit of a spam list. I will say it, it's very case to case by case because it depends a lot on the spam list, right? Because mm-hmm. some are just like pretty good. Some are a serious problem, <laughs> right? Um Like, and I think
2: I think the most important consideration is. The value you'll get out of the list, like, mm-hmm. like, like, like there's a sliding scale, like um like buying 20 splatter boars and try to do the the silly like make them frenzy enters a car thing that doesn't appeal to me at all so i would i would consider that a very bad purchase but i had no problem whatsoever uh buying a bunch of world watchers because i was playing that bradius list a lot and really enjoying it my opponents weren't enjoying it but i was enjoying it and so i could justify that purchase for myself because like chandler said i was super invested and I had already played it a couple times and I knew that I enjoyed I knew that I enjoyed it. I knew that I would want to keep playing it. And so if it did get nerfed eventually, I would have gotten my enjoyment out of it. Yeah,
1: But then also, I'm like, gonna I, I mean, play. on the other end of that, though, right, like that, if if something like that goofy splatterboard list is something you do enjoy, mm-hmm. it's pretty safe. <laughs> <Right>? Like, <laughs> like it's, yeah, it's That's probably true. not getting nerfed anytime soon.
0: So here's here's my sort of cautionary uh, corollary to what these guys are saying, and that's that we really don't know what the meta is going to settle out like in the next mm. few months, because the update's only been out for a month, and we haven't had any major events, really. Um, so I would probably hold off on buying anything spammy for, yeah I don't know, maybe like four to six months post-update, and see <laughs> how that actually shakes out, because the thing is, like, on first blush, maybe that's what's crushing things, but it's just kind of like when sets rotate in Magic, right, where... Certain things like aggro decks tend to do very, very well for like a couple of weeks after sets rotate. I think post rotation of war machine big updates, I think spam lists tend to do uh, significantly better than they have any right to do just because they're very easy to pilot and um, they're also easy to understand. Mm -hmm. So,
2: okay, I I, I I, wouldn't personally. I'm sorry, I wasn't advising people to go out and buy 30 brigands, although again, I don't think. Whatever. Not, that's not important. What is important <laughs> is that I want you to consider that decision. <laughs> consider what enjoyment you get out of it. If, for example, it gets nerfed in three months. Would yeah. that be okay oh. with you?
0: Right. Also, Chris, you're playing against me, and I'm just going to drop Gearheart into you every time, and you won't get have any fun with them. So, you know, there is that. <laughs> <laughs> Perfect. Anyway, moving on. Tacitus Damnasio, that is definitely not a real name, Um, what? asks what... He was born can, in ancient Rome and he didn't and he's never died. <laughs> Doesn't it basically translate to like tacit damnation? Quiet probably. Okay, a quiet damnation. All right, whatever. What can the community possibly a flair
1: for the dramatic. Okay. <laughs>
0: No, I have a flair for the dramatic, and that's why my kid's middle name is Tempest.
1: <laughs> okay, this is the thing. If that is your real name, we're not making fun of it. That's no, we're not, and it is
2: absolutely <laughs> awesome. But it is he cool to be a real <laughs> name.
1: We're extremely jealous if that's your
0: real yes. Name. <laughs> <laughs> so the question is, what the com- can the community plausibly do aside from sporadic and usually plaintive requests for PP to have a steady release of independently packaged fluff, as in separate from the RK- IKRP tree books, n- not bundled with them.
2: OK, so you need to go back in time and convince. Oh, gosh.
0: King is worthwhile. OK. Yeah, right? I have I have a secondary idea. Um, right. You Bluff, should put Bluff together.
2: Is, Bluff is strictly marketing, right? It it's gets people excited about your game and it gets them to buy
0: in. It, it well, doesn't. Yes, but. Saying anything is marketing just means private press will never do it. So let's explore <laughs> oh, other avenues.
2: Sorry, strategy, strategy. Great, right,
0: go on. Yeah. All right. So here's my strategy. What you should do, I think, is put together some sort of crowdfund, crowd source, like, look how many people want to buy this thing. And then, like, throw it their direction as a, please make this a Kickstarter so that we can buy this one or two novel series about XYZ thing. And then see how that does. And that'll tell you a lot, actually, because if that does well. People want the fluff and private press will probably make them. And if it doesn't, then I'm sorry, you're in the minority of people. And that probably
1: won't happen no matter what. Yeah. I, I mean, the thing is, like, we, does it kind of suck that we're not seeing like novelizations and more fluff stuff? Like, yeah. But it, the, I mean, the reason it's not happening is, and this is the case with any kind of business, it's like not doing something a lot of time, especially something they used to be doing, is it means that it was not proving to be worth their time to them, at least from their perspective. Right. Yeah. So, like, it sucks, but it kind of also is what it is.
2: I also don't understand why being packaged with IKRPG like
0: is a problem. I don't either. I think that's, I mean, uh, okay, so I, I can kind of understand it because, like, you don't get the, there's there's a very distinctive feel you get from reading a novel and reading somebody's thoughts and, like, feelings as they're going through a story, whereas the IKRPG stuff tends to be, like, top-down, global-scale continents mm-hmm. and, Kingdoms fighting each other and betrayals and stuff. Not like I'm a character, I'm experiencing this first person. Um, that would be, get... be a really cool way to write an RPG book, though. <laughs> <laughs> that would be sick. Also, yeah. really hard, but yes. sick.
2: Well, they have a character for it already.
0: Yeah, it's Victor. Or, okay. Yeah, Victor Penny, right?
2: Yep. Yeah. Uh, all right. I have two more things to throw out. Uh, okay. One is uh, as much as I, as much as we like to joke about fluff doesn't equal rules, um, fluff. The, the restrictions of whatever the uh, storyline it's based on um, can lead to really cool and really interesting mechanics as much as I hate infernals the fact that they're based around sacrifice and summoning cause or forced private press to go way out of their way to make them mechanically different than everyone else It's true so there yeah. there are in-game benefits to fluff um, and the other thing is, uh, I just read an awesome story on SCP, uh, Secure, Contain, Protect, or whatever. It's a cooperative storytelling thing, and I really love the Henchild Scrolls, which came up with something like that, where it's like um, microfiction uh, that's curated, and then like people can submit it, and like this is your Iron Kingdom story. And then you know they, they can go through it and add it to the group.
0: That's fair um brian sin mr malorian asks what are your thoughts on multiplayer war machine which is clearly an attempt to get us to talk about his new format that he's trying out um i don't I mean like multiplayer war machine very much personally but what do you I'm guys gonna,
2: think i'm gonna steal his hard work and put it into the flow machine
0: okay <laughs> cool <laughs> I, yeah i i don't so i don't it, know why I, it's not for to.
2: us it's not for us but mm-hmm. I, yeah i i understand people game, who yeah. like it and if it's like I don't like free for free for all games period, but there are people who freaking love them.
0: Yeah. I, I just kind of think there's better games for that. Mostly mm-hmm. like here's What's the thing.
1: Throne?
0: <laughs> like dice throne, dice <laughs> oh, Throne's an incredible game for that. Um, <laughs> also commander or heck even just like, it, it, this is a, this is a weird thing that I haven't done in a long time. But back when I was playing standard magic, like multiplayer standard magic games could be really interesting. Um, also, lots of board games are set up specifically for multiplayer. And if you want something root. with miniatures, what? Root? Yeah.
2: Board game root? Um, oh, root. come on, miniatures, please. Cthulhu Wars, the biggest miniatures ever.
0: <laughs> sure. I was going to go with something more like Descent or Gloomhaven, but, you know. Oh,
2: that's much more like War Machine, yes.
0: Yeah. <laughs> um. So, yeah, I don't know. I just Here's the thing about War Machine as a multiplayer game. War Machine already takes forever to set up. War machine already takes forever to play, e- and even turns. yeah, and even like brawl machine. War machine is pretty fast, but brawl machine. War machine with four people. Did we actually I, read the conquest rules? Maybe he solved some of these problems. The commandant rules. I oh, haven't that what called? commandant. Yeah, I haven't, but I, I mean, I, I have, but it was like an early draft, and I think it's it's probably better than just no rules for it, but I still think it has the same underlying problems of this is a big amount <laughs> of stuff to go on all at once
2: mm-hmm.
0: and will take a very long time to play. So.
2: Yeah. I've been doing know. a lot of things, a lot of thinking about what the core strengths
0: of war machine are. Right. Yeah. And I, I don't think the multiplayer aspect of it is at least let me rephrase this. There are really good things you can do in multiplayer with war machine. Like for example, the trophy hunter narrative scenarios where you're like four friends trying to take down a drag a or a, uh, no, it's a Gargantuan. Just that. Um yeah. is really, really fun because that is something completely different. And it takes the rules that apply to like a couple of units and lets you go crazy with them trying to hunt down this massive thing. That's great. But scenario play specifically and also like the restraints of everybody has to have a war caster and everybody gets to have a feat and everybody has to have a battle group that gets dicey real fast. Also, I don't really like multiplayer free for alls very much because. I always get targeted down really quickly, and I like to play games out to the end if I can. So if we're co- cooperating, then that doesn't happen as much.
2: Yeah, co-op has other <laughs> problems, but yes, um, yeah, I think doing something radical is important. I think, like, like with Trophander, where you de- where you change it pretty drastically. I think that's the way you go with War Machine.
0: Yeah, I think so too. Jason Kennedy asks: Should Privateer Press have more slow periods late in the tournament season for things like updates and maybe focusing more on the other games? Of note, I'm not asking for another mega update. Uh, I think he's referring to releases. And Brett, take it away. I was gonna say: Do we do we like having more
2: mega updates? No. No. Okay.
0: I don't. Okay
2: curious it it's certainly interesting to basically release a new game every year right they did a mega update like every december
1: yeah i mean it can Um, be i mean if you look at how a lot of uh honestly how a lot of like because i mean the closest thing i can really think of right now is like uh not necessarily like live service but like games that are online that are being patched that are like competitive. That's often how they do it is it's yeah. you you have slow smaller updates and then once you're outside of a specific kind of window of the tournament season it tends to um you well tend to get, or, you, that's when you tend to get your bigger kind of game changing updates. Like
2: StarCraft 2 did that right where it's mm-hmm. like
1: they had they have constant updates and then every 3 years the whole game changed. <laughs> yes, yeah, 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 But even like I mean even most uh you know when you, when you look at things like I mean yeah StarCraft um but D- a lot dope. of games yeah, a oh, lot of Yoda games usually have places, their like, yeah. oh, here's our year end patch, which is always the like, all right, let's see how they're really shaking up the game today, right? Mm-hmm. And, it, mm-hmm. and it makes it so, because one of the problems, this is one of the complaints that people had for a, you know, a fair while with War Machine is that the game was constantly changing like quite a bit yeah. due, to, due to CID, and people had a hard time keeping up with it. We didn't because we are degenerate. Yeah, we're super we a, users. Yeah, because yeah, we have a problem, right? <laughs> <laughs> um, but, uh, like the general user right, was kind of having a hard time. And so I I think it can be beneficial in a lot of ways because also that that big update is very high profile, right? So it's like, even if you're a little more casual to like as far as keeping an eye on those kind of things, you know, you knew about the big update. Some people didn't, you know, everybody's everybody's got their varying degrees, but like for the most part, so I I don't know, I I think it is beneficial and it is kind of fun.
2: Yeah, I I think I kind of like one big update rather than a CID perfection
0: over the course of the year. Yeah, yeah, I it, mean, I, given those two choices, I'd take the big. Update yeah, sure.
1: it, I, I do think that you need to make sure you still maintain the flexibility to make rapid changes where necessary. Yes. Uh, But I think kind of letting things breathe a little bit and, and doing I, I. So this is the thing, though, is I do think that generally speaking, like the place that Mark three and, and War Machine in general was in for quite a while, uh, it probably needed pretty regular updates. So I'm not going to like begrudge it that, mm-hmm. but. Um, well, and, and companies need new releases to keep their cash flowing. Yes. Yeah. Well, and, and new releases are there. And they're also good for the game, but like, yeah. they're also
2: required.
0: So I'm glad they're good for the game. Yeah. Um, Mike Lenonen asked, should Privateer Press just sack Kingmakers the theme or actually bother to update it to today's standard? I have no <laughs> idea what this question is asking. Brett Kingmakers
2: Kingmakers was the second theme force ever released in Mark three. I believe mm-hmm. um, it's the Magnus one uh, and it's got, it has, God, what does it have? It has trenchers. Ambushing
0: boom howlers, I think, right? Yeah,
2: ambushing boom howlers. Yeah, so, Something else really random. And then just like the handful of Kador mercs that went along with Magnus. So it, it did have a point in which it was played when it was your only non cephlix theme. And the only way to get free points. Um, And it has been not touched since. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, Now. Mercenaries has too many theme forces.
1: I think everyone can agree on that. (laughs) Yep. Yeah. And that one is I I don't know that that one was from that. I I feel like that one was from that really early idea of theme forces where they were like, we pulled this out of a very specific storyline that you can play this theme kind of. And uh, and it was like, that's not really how theme forces have actually played out. They've mostly just been like, here's this. Here's the subsection of the army that seems like they'd work together kind of more than anything else. It also is extremely restricted on caster, which makes it extremely difficult to bring into the modern era
2: unless those casters Mm -hmm. are good. And they're just all bad.
0: (laughs) Yeah, I mean, they could do what they did with Disciples of Agony and drop the caster locks.
2: I would but love to. I would love to see Ashlyn working for Magnus. <laughs> so
0: that would be really cognitively dissonant for me, but okay. And
2: and the pro- the problem with Kingmakers is that it's almost a subset of Steelheads, whatever that mm. was
0: called. Yeah, Sold-
2: Soldiers of Fortune.
0: Right.
2: Which okay. was that's just it's just a they made a design mistake and it, that theme force is a relic of that.
0: Yeah. Chris Pym asks, what cool or interesting things can you think of for playing Cephalix? And I mean, isn't the answer just asphyxious and Void Archons?
1: <laughs> I mean, I think any list that Thexis is playing. Yeah. is pretty Yeah, there's that. You know, if you're asking for like competitive. Uh, yeah, I don't know. I mean, I, I feel like just digging around in the Merc stuff in general and um, like Cephalix can do some cool stuff right now. Yeah, and they can take lots of really small units and have just a
2: blast with them. Like overlords mm-hmm. are way better than they have any right to be. Uh, You're not wrong. El- dominated eliminators are really funny. <laughs> uh-huh. they're, just, they're just five points and they'll get
0: way more than that back. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. Yep. Maxine Colombrosa has a bunch of questions. Number one, what do you do in challenge charter both in steamroller and brawl machine? And isn't the answer play Shay and death archons.
2: Um. No, it's uh, it's Shay and a bunch of warjacks <laughs> like, oh, Okay shay's warjacks are actually insane <laughs> if you've never okay. seen like take i think there's like three or four like the freebooter the buccaneer and uh, i think there's like one more where oh the the mariner like any one of those if you just take like max points of them it does dumb shit <laughs> like he makes freebooters go so far that you can just like you don't kill anything you just throw them at each other there's
0: <laughs> so many throws yeah yeah, so it's basically cliche, I guess. It's 100% cliche. Yeah, uh, all right, nice. Don't don't
2: forget to take the Commodore cannon.
0: Oh, yeah, that, that model is absurd. Like, what a actually, gross thing.
2: Actually absurd.
0: <laughs> yeah. Um, question two is, do you think the Orgoth will have a cross-faction theme like Infernals? And if so, who will be included? I mean, I can't imagine they won't.
2: I think it's more likely that we get, like, Zarkova specifically working for Orgoth than another theme force like uh, Heart of Darkness
0: okay i can see that yeah just like steel casters
2: yeah well so like yeah I, I would love the idea of having like three or four casters who choose like who are either obsessed with orgoth like zarkova or just like choose to betray their faction kind of like Gearshield did um and mm-hmm. just join the orgoth and then that's like their their stable of it's part of their stable of casters okay. actually it would be really cool if okay it's, now we're getting to heart dark darkness here where like orgoth doesn't have the spark the spark is something that was invented in the iron kingdoms and so mm-hmm. they can't make war casters so the only war
0: casters in the faction are, mm, I see. are interesting okay um and then his last he's got two more questions uh for his question is would you rather see a painted model on the table or a painted base with arcs it can't be both <laughs> um, I would okay go ahead Brett I have, well, I have a follow. <laughs>
2: So my answer's dumb, because I would rather there be nothing on the base but like a name. So I just see the world very differently. So I'm not very relevant
0: here. I mean, that's kind of how I do it when it's tournament mode. Um, For me, it's like, is this a tournament? If so, I want arcs. I don't care about painted models. And if it's not a tournament, then I, you know what? I actually probably prefer arcs. <laughs> um, um, is that terrible?
2: Well, they're the frame. You gotta have a good frame. Um, yeah. uh, so... I also I think the most important thing here is um, for models like uh, the gr- grotesques. Are those the, the chin guys? Um, yeah. One hundred percent the base uh, because you cannot play with the physical models. Yeah,
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah that's fair.
1: Literally impossible. Uh,
0: yeah. So. Yeah, I mean, I guess, I guess, and and again, it's like, what is it? What is the purpose? Like, if it's a competitive game, I want arcs, and if it's not, eh, maybe models. It depends also if like they're all painted or not. Like, it,
2: there there is something to be said that um having painted models makes it really easy much easier to understand what your opponent's army is actually composed of rather than just a sea of
0: gray. That's true. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, last question is, how do you McBain? And I don't know. You play him in
2: Brawl, right?
0: Yeah. <laughs> and you make people very upset that he's off the epic list.
2: <laughs> um, so, the most important thing with any Jackhammer caster is to never cast Jackhammer.
0: Oh, really? I cast it with. Uh, what's his face? The Iron Fang guy all the time. Okay. I've never played him. Kozlov? Uh, yeah, that, that guy. Yeah.
2: Does he have any other spells? <laughs> yeah,
0: he's got good spells, like reasonably good ones. But, you know, Jackhammer's really good when you can have gang fighter on all of your warjacks so
2: so McBain is very similar to sephalix and our advice in that just start playing him with every random solo you can think of um
0: because
2: mm. he 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 can make even solos that seem really bad really really good
0: yeah and also, and also uas or unit leaders that do interesting things
2: yep uh also fail safe not fail safe uh countermeasure is a much dumber spell than you think it is accurate (laughs)
0: especially if you can slap it
2: on like a stealth unit yeah yeah like eliminators (laughs) so our advice is buy
0: eliminators (laughs) yes eliminators are the best um ian stanna asks should hobby painting etc be just as important to the community as tournament results i mean
1: this this depends this is a this is a slope and depends a lot on what you mean yeah yeah.
2: so i want to come right right out there and i i do not want Painting to influence a tournament winner. I don't, I don't think
0: know. that's what he's asking.
2: I know, I know, but that's that's the slippery slope. Like, that's there is a game that does that, where um, you, you can win all your games and then lose to someone who has uh, has score from other
0: things. I mean, in 40k, you get 10% of your points just for having a painted army, so yeah. yes. That's, that's
2: what I'm referring to.
0: Is it? Yes. That's oh, okay, saying. cool. Yeah. Um. So, it probably should be and if uh, i mean one well, of the well, things that let, concerns let me, me about let me
2: let me take over here i okay. i am the most competitive player okay i can send that sentence um i don't see <laughs> things right like but i play fully painted uh i think that's part of the game and it, people like it better and it's it's something that i can provide that makes the game better for everyone so i play fully painted i think sure. it's, i think it's important yeah. I don't I don't think it's more important than the game itself, but I do think it's important.
0: Yeah, I think it like one of the things that I think is potentially concerning about the war machine community is that it's definitely not. And I feel like in a healthy game community, there would be space for players that think it's just as important. And I'm not sure what that says about ours, that there's less of those. Um, I do. Well, you have to play Speaking of Kazi, you have to play assassins
2: occasionally and they look like crap
0: right well and the thing is like i think it's very reasonable to say that the hobby and the playing of a game are two separate hobbies Mm -hmm. right
2: a game is stronger if both of them are well loved though
0: because you get more people interested in it i agree um and i say this is the one on the cast that likes to paint the most (laughs) um i just i don't i don't really know how to balance those two things i have written a very controversial article on the topic if you're interested in looking um it's called why yeah what it's called why you don't have to paint your army or something like that or why why you don't have to paint if you don't want to um but you know i think i think painting is important it is my favorite hobby well, I'm,
2: i want to talk about the most important part of that article is that the worst outcome here is feeling like you're excluded from a, a community because you either don't want to or don't have the time you know or aren't able to paint
0: Right. Yeah. Yeah. That's that's a big part of it is I don't I don't want painting to become like a gatekeepy style thing. Now, with some exceptions, like if it's an invitational and you've deliberately gone out of your way to qualify for it, you should be able to expect the players in that to be painted because, you know, they know what they're getting into.
2: And it's a very low bar. (laughs) Like some of your speed painted models are better than others. I I have a lot of them.
0: Yeah, that's true. <laughs> um but looking,
2: looking at you, Spirit Cauldron.
0: Look, man, I was
2: tired. <laughs> you do fires the, hard. Just beautiful, amazing boil master. <laughs> and like a 30 second paint job from the spirit cauldron.
0: <laughs> I think you were also going like, I need this for the next round. It starts in ten minutes. And I was like, Oh, uh oh, all right. And
2: I mean that does sound like me, but I don't remember it that way because I'm amazing.
0: Yeah, that's fair. <laughs> anyway, uh, I think the hobby aspect's important. I think it's under um, unappreciated in War Machine for sure. So, yeah, um, but,
2: but there are problematic ways that it can go.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Um, that's all from the general Facebook page, and now we've got like five on our our uh, our Facebook page. So, Josh Bates asks which host would look the best cosplaying a Powerpuff Girl, and which one would they be? And obviously, it's Chandler. Chandler. He's the shortest. And, and the most in shape. <laughs> yeah by a um, lot okay
2: so he is
0: maybe the red one right blossom yeah
2: yeah the, the one who keeps the other two from doing stupid shit
0: yeah also he's got more reddish hair than also he just looks kind of red rather than like the blue one who's blonde I don't know Good. none of How...
1: us sure. oh no no you do not tag me in with you people you don't do that shit because I know exactly who Blossom, Bubbles and Buttercup are. And I know their fucking names. And you people need to get your shit together. All right, educate us. <laughs> Cuz that shit that that show is great. That
2: show is amazing. That was Yes, yeah, was...
1: it's really good. Um Yeah, it's Bub- Bubbles is the blue one. She's blonde and she likes cute things. She's very girly. Blossom is she's kind of the straight man of the, yep. the three of them but she's the boss and then Buttercup is shitty to everybody and uh, <laughs> and that makes her tough. Oh, oh, she's that that design.
2: Okay, uh we were talking about Wheel of Time and one of my, this, I don't this isn't a spoiler. Um where it's like I I love how well they capture all the characters. Like Matt is the, you know, the lovable lovable scamp that, you know, always is doing the wrong things. Rand is the unredeemable asshole that nobody likes. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> <And when> it, <laughs> And they
1: captured it so well <laughs> yeah. when, when my wife, who hasn't read the books, looked at me and went, so is ran just an asshole. I was, I was internally laughing forever. I was just like, yeah, basically that's, that's about 90% of his character. Not yeah. really. I'm being reductive, but uh, <laughs> very much so. But yeah, but it makes um, it's
0: true. <laughs> Nick Bentley asks, should butcher three have gone to focus seven and maybe can countercharge? And why? <laughs>
2: Odd. Butcher. what's your three okay so first off we're, we're, we design problem machine uh butcher three is like one of the biggest problems for small point formats
0: mm-hmm. um so all right actually hold on here's here's my counterpoint. Here's here's my counter offer he goes yeah. to focus seven he does not gain counter charge his feet does not stop things from charging him
2: oh no i like that
0: yeah I think we might even be able now. We probably can't still, but we could at least test him in brawl machine with that parameter. Is he is he actually epic right now? Yeah.
2: Yeah, he, he is the prototypical. <laughs> Must be. Cannot play
1: in low points.
0: Yeah, no, he's absurd. He's like the poster child for why journeyman leagues don't work.
1: For Why like custom journeyman leagues. Yeah. 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 Not, but.
0: <laughs> yep. Okay. Daniel asks, how long do you think until they nerf Vindicators? <laughs> I don't know.
2: Vindicators I thought you meant um the, the menoth jack.
0: No, those are oh. vanquishers.
2: <laughs> Thanks, yeah. One the Chandler like, Why? <laughs> <laughs> uh
0: okay, so I wouldn't nerf indicators before you nerf suppressors.
2: I wouldn't nerf uh, either of those before you nerf Lucas.
0: I accept I accept that. Let's yes, done. Deal. And also probably Rail's Interceptors need to nerf before both of those things get nerfed. So, you know. What a world. Get get in line behind things. I don't know. Vindicators are very, very good. They're the second best heavy in the game, I think. Second best non-character heavy in the game.
2: Mind of Vindicator being good.
0: I don't either. I think it's really good. Uh, and I think it's fun that it's good.
2: Like, it's it's one shot? Yep. Yeah. No, I don't mind it being good at all.
0: Yeah, it's it's really strong. Like, if you had to nerf it at all in any way, maybe just make it like pow seventeen instead of pow eighteen, because pow eighteen is like Toro oh level.
2: Yeah, it's pow seven <laughs> melee weapon's crazy.
0: Yeah, it's it's the same. Like, this is my only problem with the vindicator, right? Is that it almost makes the Toro obsolete, while also having an insanely oh, good gun.
2: That's a hell of a thing.
0: <laughs> yeah,
2: the Toro is like the only mercenary jack. <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, no, it makes them, sorry. Toros are not obsolete outside of Crucible Guard. I know. But inside of Crucible Guard, it's like, okay, so it's two more points. You get this absurd gun. You get alchemically treated, which is actually a very, very strong rule. And you lose a shield and you lose a random, like, attack from the shield and you lose counter charge. And I think that's probably still enough better that the Vindicator is the better choice.
2: Well, and it, Crucible Guard doesn't do a brick game plan.
0: They do a gun game plan. So the Vindicator just fits way better. Unless your name is Gearheart. Um, Yeah, so, I don't know. Ryan Langner asks, is Malorian really the worst War Machine channel on the internet? No. And that... what do you hate to... <laughs> He's actually not. No, he's, he's really not. Um, and then, what do you hate to see across the table and why? Oh, I oh, feel oh. like this is a round robin. <laughs> I hate infernals. <laughs> Have you figured that out yet? <laughs> yeah. Chandler hates strange bedfellows. Yep, that
2: was easy. Mm-hmm.
0: Mm-hmm. And I... So, I don't know. Do you hate what anything? do I hate, guys? I don't know. Um... Do I hate anything? Is there a caster that tilts me off my game plan just by existing?
2: <clears throat> oh, yeah. Wanderer.
0: No, I hate playing him.
2: Yeah, same thing.
0: That's not across <laughs> the table from me, though.
2: Well, imagine if he was across the table. Imagine, Imagine for a second that there is another Grimkin player in the world.
0: Oh, that's hard. Um, <laughs> I actually think I'd just kill him because I'm playing Crucible Guard and it <laughs> wouldn't be a problem. But, you know, that's he, he's fair.
2: A, he's the caster you
0: hate the most. Hmm. Okay. Cool. Uh, Blake Cooper asks, where do you think Infernal Stand now? They've certainly gotten a lot of rebalancing recently in the wake of huge bases, horners, and all the things that reworked did for Hearts of Darkness.
1: Uh... Someone else should answer.
0: <laughs> I'm really know, sure, man. to
1: be honest, they're like, they're fine. I don't know. It's, it's like the the changes to Hearts of Darkness opens up some things for them. I think I do think that actually the the Fioras for Hearts of Darkness are in a pretty good spot just because Protector got so many good buffs. Mm-hmm. Um, But like. I don't know. Uh, 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 oh, of Hearts of Darkness. Very cool right now. Yeah. Yes. Uh, you you, you can put a lot into him. So, mm-hmm. anything,
2: anything that's good in infernals that isn't a tormentor makes me happy. Yeah. Because it tricks. So
1: yeah. It, so honestly, that in some <laughs> respects, one of the bigger changes. A lot of Hearts of Darkness lists really actually liked Howlers, mm-hmm. and but like, it was kind of despite everything about Howlers, sort of <laughs> Their, like it was they sort were, of like it was they like were hard oh good. Yeah, it's like, oh good, I've got like the the random weird tools I need to make howlers some kind of functional, right? And like now it's like, oh, they're actually like I don't think they're great, but they're like decent. (laughs) And that's that that gets you a very long way. It's part of why I like them with Malikov now, is like the the issue I always had was I always liked howlers with Malikov, but the list hit really weakly. Like so I always had demo core in there because I just needed like a way to do any, you know, damage. I hear good things about that. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, now you, you actually have a list that it, that plus like the back, back, backstab backstab discombobulation thing. Mm-hmm. You actually have a list that hits pretty hard, which is nice. Mm-hmm. Nice. Pleasant.
0: Um, Alan Cardinal asks, could you guys quickly go over how each army plays once you get to the higher tournament levels? You guys make personal comments on it in many of your episodes, but a quick rundown on each would be awesome. I don't know if we can do all of that at once.
2: Um, I mean, I can kind of talk through my philosophy on it. Sure. Okay, so just quickly, um, the, the overall goal is to play, is to have your opponent walking away saying. No, 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 that's
0: not what he's asking.
2: Oh, what is he asking.
0: Go over how each army plays once oh, you get to the high army term levels. Oh, yes. Jesus.
2: I don't know that. The game just changed.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's hard to yeah.
1: say. It, it's I mean, it and it depends a lot. Uh, there's a lot of armies that have like an enormous amount of variation in what they can do at this point. Mm-hmm. So right. it just depends. There, there, I mean, there's some really kind of vague, like this army does gun lines. This army does. Well, okay. you know, but so let's turn. Let's turn the question on its head a little bit.
2: Which armies play differently than it says on the tin? So, like, like Mark II Kator where it's like you buy into this heavy armor stuff, and you end up playing Winter Guard. Are there any Mark III factions like that where it's like um, avoid avoid what the the faction seems to be about? Um, I I would argue probably still Circle, right? Still the, yeah, still Circle still does. Yeah, Circle. Circle plays.
0: No, I mean, even I think the Circle Out Living Warby's lists are really good now, but they don't play hit and run anymore. They're just like, we are now Kador heavies, mm-hmm. basically. Like, we hit ridiculously freaking hard and we're super cheap. Yeah. So, yeah. Um are um,
2: still, good. Yeah, they, is still they, good. They don't play like they did in Mark Two. They don't play like they say on the tin.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Um, Funnily enough, Kator goes back to being or is finally for the first time ever doing what they say they do on the tin because Karchev 2 is actually good enough at that. The heavy mm-hmm. spam with them is really good. But other than that, it's Doom Rivers, right? It's, it's, it's Doom Rivers. Or, yeah. or spells. Spells is in their
2: wheel the house. That's kind of cool. Yeah.
0: Um. Other factions that don't do what they say on the tin. What do minions say they do on the tin, Brett? <laughs>
2: <laughs> uh, you're. Yep, that one's perfect because... Uh, all of your lists will work for food.
0: <laughs> so,
2: like, if you have any interest in bog trogs or um, <laughs> brigands or Slaughterhousers, just leave those. A play, scorn. play scorn. Yeah, yeah, play scorn. Play exactly. scorn. There you go. I'll, although, I'm still gonna I'm still gonna pull for maylock here.
1: <laughs> okay, that's fair. There, there's uh, I mean, there's places you can play. Usually, that kind of archetypal archetypical thing you sort of want to play. There's usually like a way to do it, (laughs) but uh, whether that's common or not, is kind
2: of right. This is what he's, I think that's what he's trying to ask is which ones play differently at high levels and at low levels, right? Yeah. Uh, I mean, maybe maybe too much into it.
0: Yeah. Maybe, maybe we shelve this one and we have like an actual answer for it next time. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, so we'll come back to this, Alan. We'll think about it. Yeah. What are we actually
1: talking about today, guys? Uh, Jeez, do we have time? Um, I don't know. Do we? <laughs> <laughs> not, not really. Is this going to be listener questions part two? I mean, we've got uh, plenty minutes. Yeah, okay, yeah. we can talk a little. Okay, we can speed We can speed around this a little bit. All right, so we had a question come up last time that uh, was uh, just kind of interesting where it got talking about guns. This is a thing we've talked about before, but yeah. we got talking about basically like, the how like common um uh gun lines are right and the effectiveness yeah. of those versus like uh
0: and the uh, um, specific question was what was my experience coming back to 75 compared to brawl machine and i made the remark that brawl machine feels yes, less pushing suppose, than 75 yeah. because in large part of how absurdly strong gun
1: lines are right now yeah yeah and uh so yeah i got us just kind of thinking about I don't know the nature of of gunlines and kind of their effect on on Steamroller in general. Um, so this and this makes me think back on like gun gunlines throughout War Machine history, right? Well, Where, let's go even lines further through the ages.
2: Yeah, let's go even further back than that. Like, what what did gun line, what did gunlines look like in other games, and why is War Machine so
0: different? Well, in 40K, everything's a gun line. Exactly.
1: Yeah. In, yeah. In, in 40K, you've got like a certain extent of everything being a gun line. Um, the main way that 40K, so this is this is kind of how 40K handles it. And now this is kind of a for better or for worse thing, but that's <laughs> a lot of things in 40K. Um, They have extremely long range, often quite powerful guns and then completely designed scenario around having to have like melee stuff move up the table. Yep. And so you end up with a, a handful of kind of list archetypes. Now, war machine does this a little bit as well, but it's, mm-hmm. it's done a little differently. Well, um, there's something it does on top of that. Yeah. We'll talk about it in a second. Yes. Um, so yeah, it's like in, in 40 K you do have pure gunline armies, but they have, they have an issue that war machine gun lines can have, but this day and age, they don't really, <laughs> Which is that, like, so say you're playing, I don't know, Imperial Guard or uh, um, Knights is a really good example Chaos Knights or Imperial Knights. Hey, I play Chaos Knights. Yeah. In in their current form, they they cannot hack it up close. Like things hit too hard. They will die. And it's true. They have to lean really heavily on being extremely powerful gun batteries. Now, there's Chaos Knights and Imperial Knights that you can build. that are like all melee centric. And that sounds super cool and exciting. But they will never keep up with the stuff that's in the game. Yeah, they
0: like I play one of those big knights in my list out of my three big knights. And then I've got four little knights that are and all of those other three are like we are absurdly powerful gun lines. And then you've got this one guy who handles uh, invulnerable saves
1: because you need one of those and the the competitiveness of those factions and this is the same so in the other the other swing of this is um adeptus mechanicus they are another game they're another faction that is like absurdly shooty uh but the different one of them is highly competitive the other one is not the reason is that the knights and stuff the non-competitive ones don't do enough damage to just kill your whole opponent's army before <laughs> before scenario happens. Well, and they
0: also don't have anything cheap to go interact with the scenario yeah. while staying in their army because they're by nature of their thing. The big knights are like a, like a yeah, close to a quarter of your
1: list. Whereas like Admech, now, I'm a few months behind 40k meta, and I know they did get some updates, but Admech, it was like I'm still in my deployment, and your army's dead. Like mm-hmm. I will mathematically consistently kill. 75% of a full tournament army every turn for mm-hmm. like six rounds. He's <laughs> it's just like, good, great. Um, and so they they I mean, 40K has uh, can have an issue of gun lines being immensely strong. But the trick is if you're tanky enough to survive them and can just sit on scenario, you can you are fine. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, part of the nature of that as well is that tables are much larger and scenario elements are much smaller in 40 K yep. uh, stuff has to get up the table. Now you have some interesting ways for things to move, but stuff has to get up the table. Um, I actually have a really interesting new take on a game that handles gun lines in an interesting way with conquest. OK, mm-hmm. uh, gun lines are fascinating in this game. The way that they've balanced guns versus the rest of the game is really interesting. Um, melee and in conquest is disgustingly lethal. Yes. <laughs> uh, you for anybody who hasn't seen how it works it's it's and anybody who's played like kind of old older like classic warhammer fantasy type stuff will will recognize this in some respects but it's whenever you get hit by stuff so they roll a bunch of checks against their accuracy and however many hits they got on you you roll that many basically armor saves every failed armor save is a wound that goes into your regiment and then after that you go all right now a bunch of them just died how terrified are all of their friends that they just that a whole bunch of their friends just died and you do another check against every wound that went through against your resolve and every fail on that is another wound that goes into your unit and
2: Um, and there's a core mechanic for melee that lowers that stat right uh
1: yes there's yeah there's one called terrifying that you well i was referring
2: to flank charges
1: Oh, yes. And it, well, yeah, if you flank from the side, you have to re-roll successful resolve checks, which is apocalyptically horrible. <laughs> it's so bad, uh, especially when you're like resolve one and you're like, yeah. all right, uh, you're rolling uh, 14 resolve checks and you succeed on ones. Oh, you got five ones. That's great. Reroll all those. You need to get ones again. <laughs> yeah, it's pretty mm-hmm. bad. Um, yeah, there, there's, there's lots of ways to manipulate it. But the thing about guns is that guns, I mean, strictly speaking, they are just as powerful as melee in that like they do they use the same stats. math they have pretty much yeah. the same stat numbers everything's more or less the same but there's two major things that and also the ranges are quite long um like there are Ish. there I, I think well i think the longest the well, longest range i can think of is 30 on a gun sorry the the <laughs> the stated well, value is long. right that's what i was about range. to say is the ranges <laughs> yeah. are quite long but if you're if you're beyond half range uh the effectiveness is great it's literally halved yeah uh unless you Do something to manipulate that and um, so you only really be like become as effective as you would like when you're kind of at close range which is actually very similar to like war machine ranges a lot of the time it's more kind of like really far range to have optimal effectiveness is like 15 like that's Mm because like like, 30 is about the top end uh, of what i've seen anyway i'd have to go through the rest of the unit roster but i haven't done that but the other thing that's interesting is that guns wait or uh, usually bows do not (laughs) trigger resolve at all so a lot of the time they're like 25 percent as effective as melee because you're like okay i'm getting half my shots and i'm only doing like half the the defense rolls kind of because you're i'm not triggering resolve on top of that and it makes it so that it's it's very good for softening things up Mm -hmm. but not really great for killing anything unless you like if you want to actually kit out a ranged unit to be murdering other regiments, like you either have to be really close or you have to be putting like a quarter of your army of points into it. Like it gets pretty, it gets pretty comical. Mm -hmm. Um, And even then there's usually all kinds of restrictions on it. And so it's really interesting because so what they've done, and this is, this is an important thing that I think is kind of part of what this discussion is, is that Mm -hmm. is a, because I think war machine in some respects has like the, the design has gotten away from them to a certain degree where they've kind of forgotten that, Range is a huge benefit, like, yep, like on its like own. Full
2: stop. Yeah, exactly.
1: Yeah, like just being able to attack from far away is very strong. Like now, this is going to sound like the dumbest sentence, but <laughs> a pow twelve that is range one is worse than a pow twelve that is range twelve. <laughs> yep.
2: Like, but but it's that... hard to it's hard to overstate how much better yeah that is.
1: how much better that and, is yeah.
2: and how absolutely insur- absurd absurd of how 12 at range 30 is yeah
1: and so yeah. the traditionally the way that you kind of want like it, it, with war machines design when i think about gun like when i think about guns intuitively not how they actually are but when i think about them intuitively within the rule set and i think about like what a gun should be like you would think about yeah it's got the extra range and uh, but it te- like it's not going to be like charges. So you're typically not getting the extra dice and it's typically going to be like lower pow, Right. Mm-hmm. Or very expensive. And in a lot of cases, that is true. Yes. Um, the problem is, is you only need that to not be true enough to make a whole list out of it. <laughs> like on one FAU model. <laughs> yeah, basically. I mean, yeah, that was like, I mean. Like Sloan the be all, and all right now, but actually a yeah, barrage team was a really good example those, of that. Those, where, oh, oh, when they where, were FAU. yeah, when they when were they, FAU. FAU, they had to be they had to be removed from FAU because it was like well, this one range a single FAU ranged thing being too efficient breaks a whole army like yeah. a lot, like pretty often. Um, it's it's pretty vicious actually how how uh how damaging that can be and uh and yeah the the Braj team in, in testing were a very good example of that and, and there's some some kind of similar things like you can think about things like sloan um sloan, now sloan ended up with some answers she isn't the most like because she has she makes the the terrible mistake of uh actually being stopped by a lot of things that stop shooting <laughs> <laughs> what a fool <laughs> yeah what an idiot versus oh god, a ton of my attacks are sprays or huge AOEs or something, where it's like, okay, well, good. Just, I, don't, I don't really interact with that in well, any meaningful and, way. And so,
2: that, so, there's two ways that War Machine deals, with, well, actually, there's three ways. There's three ways that War Machine deals with guns. Um, one is giving them low ranges, um, mm-hmm. which, compared to 40k, that's very obvious. Like, range 20 is, like, as high as you get. Maybe maybe there's some strange thing I'm not thinking of, that's a little bit higher. But, like, Range 20 is short-range guns in 40k. Like, um, Yeah, that, no, that's just hugely small. Yeah, yeah. So like, just keeping the ranges small is really important. Um, armor values as just a rock to the scissors is really important. Um, so just get, get, because guns tend to be low-powered and difficult to get boosts on, um, they tend to not go well into a lot of high armor and a lot of boxes. Right. And,
0: and actually, there's a really important thing about Dice Mat that we need to consider here that other games don't have. Mm-hmm. So... Look at Conquest, look at 40k. No matter what, you have, what is it, like a 12.5% chance? Is that what a 6th is? Uh, isn't 17? 16.5? 16.5. 16.5%. 16.8, whatever. Yeah. Um, somewhere, somewhere in the neighborhood of a 17% chance of that shot doing damage. In War Machine, if you're shooting a POW-12 at an armor 20 thing, you have, like, a 30-something percent chance of doing 1 damage. because Which is much less thing, irrelevant
2: in War machine than 40 K.
0: Yes. And it's also relevant because the guns don't have a damage value that go with them. Whereas in 40 K it's like, Oh, I got that one shot through. That's three damage. Oh, wow. War machine, it's like, I did one damage. Um, and then to do two damage to an armor 20 thing in war machine, you have like a 14 or 12% chance or something terrible like that. And then to do like up to those maximum of four damage that you could do, it's like 3% or something like that. But if you raise that armor value to 22, suddenly your odds of doing even one damage to it go down to like five, five or six. Yeah. And so, and again, it's just sneaking through one damage because the damage rolls are rolled against a a target just like the attack rolls are. And that means that the debuffing and the buffing of the armor stat drastically change the way that works in War Machine way more than they would in a game like 40k or Conquest.
2: Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. The third one I was going to bring up is lock and key design, like shield guards, things are specific, or carapace, things are specifically designed to stop guns. Mm -hmm. Um, And so when something breaks those rules, it's when you need to be afraid.
1: Right. Yep. Sprays. (laughs) Sprays.
2: Um, Sloan breaks two of those rules, right? Very high power and very long range.
0: And very high accuracy. Yep.
2: Yeah. Ow. Um, And so, so yeah, so... When you're thinking about gun lines and War Machine, you want to think about what the core design does to keep them down and what uh, what, you know, how powerful they have to be to get past that. Like you said, like debuffs to, can turn, you know, a bunch of crappy shots into the end of the game.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Um, and so I guess the question then is, are we at a point where this is a problem for War Machine?
1: uh so i so one thing i was actually when when we answered the question earlier about something that we don't want to see on the other side of the table we -hmm. said strange bedfellows for me but i actually was thinking about commenting i really dislike fighting modern gun lines like a lot yeah now i do play some of them but not that often Mm -hmm. uh i find them immensely frustrating these days um so what what's um, changed so part of the thing that I found is that just sheer like number of very high value attacks seems to be so high and the ability to dice fix those seems to be so high at this point with pretty extreme ranges as well mm-hmm. that like a lot of the anti shooting tech. Like let's take as an example, like um, shield guards. Right. And the thing is, shield guards just got reduced quite a bit. <laughs> uh like just in a in an overall game sense in that you aren't taking mm-hmm. things like battle priests in mass groups for free anymore and initiates, right? right? Mm-hmm. Um, So like general access to shield guards has gone down slightly. And. um, <clears throat> If like we're starting to see ranges that are so far and damage values that are so consistent and so high that your shield guards, even if you brought a whole bunch of them, often do not save you because they're all dead and you're still not in range to retaliate. Like, mm. that's this is one of the, and I'm glad this is one of the, the, um, like the reduction to the range on things like barrage teams, right? You're range sixteen for a while there. I would be like, yeah, all my like half my shit's dead, and I have to run at you, and I'm still not engaging you, <laughs> and you just shoot me again. Like, there's just not really anything I can do about that, right? And uh, like Sloan, that's a that's a problem she causes into certain matchups. She's just a little bit more weak to shield guards, just because her like actual volume of attacks is kind of low mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, outside of one turn. Um, and so sometimes you have enough, sometimes you don't, right? But I'm just finding that like. Uh, like also target selection, uh, accuracy, accuracy on guns is insane at this point. Mm-hmm. Like like rat eight feels like the new rat five these days. Like it's ridiculous <laughs> how incredibly accurate stuff feels all the time. Uh, I don't feel like guns miss like that's just not a thing. Uh, it's pretty rare. Yeah, yeah. They they hit their targets. They hit hard. They hit consistently. Like, I felt like I, I got used to. I remember when I originally started playing like in Mark two, it felt like you were kind of getting shot by a lot of like rat five stuff. And if something was like rat six, you're like, ooh, that's elite. And then like <laughs> Signar got those rare rat sevens occasionally. And you're like, ooh, uh, but like now things are so accurate all the time. Everything's firing you like, well, I'm like base rat seven, but like additional die drop lowest and like Oh, or just and boostable. like 45 rerolls or just boostable or boostable and additional die drop lowest and like stuff mm-hmm. like that, where you're just watching like heavies and colossals and gargantuans and all kinds of stuff getting absolutely blasted off the table. And one thing that so this is actually this is kind of a random thing. And this is more of a game feel thing than necessarily a like whether it's powerful or not thing. But this is something I've actually found uh, both with conquest and with 40 uh, K. Um. Now, I commented earlier that 40 K punishes you for making fun lists. But when you do make a fun list, um, they have a lot of things in place to keep cool stuff that you like on the table (laughs) Uh, in that, like characters are not targetable if there's certain things in between you and the gun uh, because your stuff's in the way. And in conquest, you've got your characters and stuff are part of regiments. You have to like literally wipe out an entire unit to kill your characters and things like that. In War Machine, I'm finding that guns at this point are so accurate and so like high, high damage that anything cool I put on the table is just like fucking dead before it does anything. Most <laughs> of the time, like, I'm just like, oh, good. Uh, and that's like that's felt like the case a lot of the time. And then, yeah, we've got like, you know, as, as kind of an example, we've got things like Jaden running these like Crucible Guard Crucible Guards nuts right now. Yeah, um, I I killed a Desert Hydra with like. Five
0: shots and three pal fourteen melee attacks or something in the game I played this week. Yeah, uh, I killed Xerxes two with one spell and two gunshots.
1: Yeah, yeah, so, and it's it's just, like guns to me have have kind of felt that way. They've they've crept up to where we're no longer seeing because like like I said, it just has to be enough things in your army to make an army out of, right? To make a list mm-hmm. of. And it's there's there are plenty of guns in the game that are still totally reasonable. But I feel like there's there's a few places where it's just like there's just some really powerful ones that can be really unpleasant to play against at this point. And like the problem is you end up paying a whole bunch of points and going really out of your way to bring like anti-shooting tech. And then if you like don't run into it, your lists are just weaker. But you like and even when you run into it, it's maybe not enough. Yeah, it's like maybe not enough.
0: Like I'm right. trying to think of what, like, what out there does that Lucas list actually care about as well, far like, as, like, shield or anti-gun tech? Yeah.
1: Yeah, I don't know. Like, um,
0: it absolutely does not want to play into the Gearheart list I'm playing, pairing it with, but that's because the entire list is, like, armor 24 against guns.
1: Yeah. Well, like, so, I, I think about playing Hearts of Darkness, right? This is a, a, a theme where I have literally access to D-Cell in every list, right? Mm-hmm. Like this is intended to be like D Cell's a very strong, like it kind of intended to be like this it's this very solid anti-gun buff for your army. Uh to me, that feels like it it does not protect my army. It gets them to not be instantly slaughtered. <laughs> right? Like it's it's not enough unless you're like really in like the only Hearts of Darkness I can think of that like actually uses that D Cell to stack it up enough to be maybe enough is actually the Crucible card one. <laughs> and it's because you can <laughs> yeah, run that makes like, sense. Fa- you can run failed experiments under Cell and iron and assault troopers, which which are and the stuff like the gear lists. Yeah. List. yeah. Uh, so you're able to you're able to stack Cell onto so much armor and like weird dice stuff that it's like, oh, maybe I'll live this time. Um, yeah, I don't know. I, I, I've, I have felt for a while that like gun lines in general have just like crept up and up and up very slowly. For a very long time, to where they're just really difficult to deal with. And and the thing is, is that we we saw things like initiates come out, right, battle priests and stuff like that. And they they came out and they had uh oh, and also even uh even like old convergence, right? Always had like four hundred shield guards, right, or forces um, of war. Yeah, stuff like that. Where we had we had these armies that had these masses of shield guards, and it kind of felt like as the game was developed, guns started trying to catch up Mm -hmm. and then a lot of those things got knocked down Mm what the guns didn't (laughs) and so much so they're like they're almost playing they're playing for a game that had more anti-shooting tech in it than it actually has now Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. well now there are some things that you can do to counteract
0: gun lines for sure like if you build good terrain placement tables which I I know I need to get that article out um that helps <laughs> yeah immeasurably. That, is, that is
1: highly relevant yes yeah
0: um it, it's actually impossible to overstate how important like there are critical points on each of the scenarios where you need to be able to amass a bunch of things and not have them instantly die and if the table is set up in such a way that that is possible gun lines actually have to play a somewhat fair game no matter how good they are because it, you just can't shoot at some things um, but if the tables are even remotely not terrain dense, gun lines have a field. And I'll actually give you an example from this recent tournament that I played at. I played on a table where there was a fairly relevant forest that my opponent got, but right smack dab in the middle of the table, the TO put a windswept piece of quicksand, <laughs> which for those of you that still haven't played with the new terrain stuff, quicksand is rough terrain that nothing ignores, that does like you lose Pathfinder while you're in it. And... Nothing can gain Pathfinder in it, so this affects everything. Huge bases, um, you know, models that have cool, like I ignored, uh, like I have Pathfinder, just get wrecked. Windswept makes a piece of terrain or rough terrain for any flying model, including ghostly and incorporeal flying models. Mm-hmm. So what ends up happening is the only models that get to move through those freely are ghostly or incorporeal models that do not have flight which there aren't a lot of out there. Like those are a small number of things. And so basically what happened is I parked both of my railless interceptors on the other side of that piece of terrain and I shot circle things to death because he could literally never get to me because he had six inches cut off of his threat ranges just by that piece of terrain.
1: Yeah. And none of it blocks line of sight. It's
0: nope. Just... Sure. doesn't. Yeah. So Good yeah, uh, it's, it's really important. Like that's, that's one of the things. And like, this is one of the other things that I, I talk about when I say that Steamroller feels a little bit dated is that part of the re- reason is they don't really have, like, other than make good tables, which is really hard to do, they don't have a really good answer to this. What do we do about these ridiculously high powered gun lines that people can bring and play? Because they can attrition well enough before the lines lock and there's enough defensive scoring on most of the scenarios now um, that they can just sort of like exist for long enough to win on attrition. Like, that's what this Lucas list does. Brandon's been playtesting yeah. it into Karchev 2. And he's like, yeah, so the, ga- the game plan is I go. On turn two, I kill a heavy. On turn two, I kill three heavies. Then he feats but, uh. and runs at me. <laughs> yeah, no, like with guns, he kills three heavies. And he's like, yeah, this is mathematically like low. I can kill three and a half or four if I get lucky. Um, and he's like, all right. And then Karchev feats and has to like run at me. And then I can TK my things out of melee range and then kill three more heavies. And if the suppressor survives, I win. And if it doesn't, I probably still win. But I just have to make sure that this and the, like two specific things don't happen, so that Karchev can't do this. It's like, I'm sorry, you're telling me <clears throat> that your gun line can just kill eight heavies plus the heavy warcaster in four turns and not lose on scenario. And he's yeah. like, Yeah, actually, that's that's exactly how that works. And I'm like, <laughs> That seems fine. Okay. Yeah. So.
1: Yeah, well, and, then, and so that's, yeah, that's kind of the other thing is, is, yeah, it's a combination of, like, something about Steam, because, yeah, the, these other games, because that's, that's one thing I've, I've found really interesting is that in 40k, unless the gun lines are, like, straight up, way too killy, which, like, when that happens, the game kind of breaks, um, then the scenarios have actually generally done a good job of making sure that, like, stuff stays but like the the gun line like pure out now gun lines don't really hold up very well because they they can't handle the scenario so it's only when the gun line is so shooty that it just literally kills everything instantly whereas in a war machine i mean we still do have largely scenarios that require like stuff to be moving up the table it's just that a lot of the stuff that's like these powerful guns now is actually resilient enough to like Survive being forward up the table now. Well, the other well. thing about War Machine
0: scenarios that's super relevant is that we have one model contests anything rules.
1: Yes, yeah,
0: yeah, which is a huge difference because, like in forty K, right? That's you, true.
1: Forty K and Conquest both you yeah it's based it, it on number of models in proximity. Yeah,
0: yeah, and War Machine doesn't have that, and in some ways that's really clean, but in other ways, I almost wonder if that's a mistake now.
1: Yeah, no, that's something that yeah. Why? I mean, until you brought it up just now, that's something I would have. Argued as being a good thing because I've always found it mm-hmm. weird in the other games. But now that you bring that up, I mean these gun lines don't have to send anything up, right? Nothing relevant, anyway.
2: Yeah, that's why one point soldiers are so good, right?
1: Yes. Yeah. yeah. Absolutely. And it's
0: like it's it's interesting because, and, and we talked about this a little bit last week. But this is kind of one of the weaknesses of War Machine is that the scenarios are not built into the model rules, and they are in most of the other games now. Mm-hmm. Um. And War Machine has failed to adapt to that, which is fascinating and also a problem.
1: Right? Yeah. Because, so, again, that's something that I, like, I think a lot of people always kind of felt was almost a strength and a respect, but mm-hmm. it's uh, how the turns have tabled. <laughs>
0: <laughs>
1: yeah, yeah, that's very know. interesting.
0: And it's, it's one of those things, like, I spend of probably more than almost anybody else amount of time thinking about how to make just like scenarios right and how they yeah, interact this, with, with the board this is why
1: i found it yeah this is why i found it to be just kind of an interesting topic because it's not just our gun line strong it's actually like it's very much about the whole game right
0: and yeah like is the game set up to deal with this mm-hmm. and i think the core rule set is probably fine yeah i don't think And again, this has been my growing contention for the last six, eight months now is that Steamroller is not good enough to handle the model things that we see out there. And that should probably change. Like again, like so let's let's just like let's just look at some stuff, right? Like let's give a faction that has garbage for gunlines. Let's just all right, let's just pick a crappy theme for us. Let's pick Legion of Steel, right? What if they they had a baseline rule that was added to Iron Fang Pikeman where it was like enemy models cannot contest zones controlled by Iron Fang Pikeman with less than X number of models. Like think about how dramatically that would change the game.
1: Yeah, I mean, honestly, like one theme having that would be uh, actually bananas. Um, like that probably makes it the most busted theme in the game instantly (laughs) I agree almost like it's like as as long as I can keep like any of these alive I basically win yeah Yeah, but again like
0: that kind of thing why don't we have that right like that could be one of the things like yes Crucible Guard has the best guns in the game yes they can attrition you down like madness their models don't contest unless you have XYZ condition met
1: right yeah stuff like that
0: yeah like maybe like maybe transfers don't contest unless they're within X number of inches of some other model or, you know, like. And so you have to like position your models to get up there a bit.
2: Yeah, it, it requires admitting that steamroller is part of the court rules. Which,
0: Which yeah.
1: so far they have not, but they probably should. I agree. Which it, it's it's it simultaneously is and they've always tried to act like it's not. <laughs> yeah, like the Mark the three court rule book. Scenarios,
0: are, they're better than the Mark II ones. That's, yes. W- what's that phrase you really like to say, Brett? Damning with faint praise. Yeah, that one. <laughs> like, like that's
2: <Brett's>
0: favorite <laughs> saying. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I mean, like that's that's kind of the thing. Is like, yes, gun lines are a problem, but are they a problem because they're a problem? Or are they a problem because steamroller is a problem? And and again, this is that thing. Like, brawl machines rules make gun lines less insane because well, you can't spam them. Yes. Because. Yeah. The games are make, so much faster. If they make a mistake on one model, it doesn't—it doesn't make a whole army overpowered, right? And because even and at a smaller scale, like it's really hard to cram enough things into a twenty-five point list to reliably take down a couple of heavies at ranged, yeah. right? Like that's hard. You can semi-reasonably expect that if you put a heavy in a place, it's going to require an enemy heavy or like a really strong unit, I guess, or to come turns. after it. But that's a big difference. Yeah, two to three turns of shooting. And there's things that you can do then. There's healing, there's terrain mitigation that you can move up the table even farther. There's scenario pressure. And that's one of the things that I was noticing as I was playing 75 points is it's like, okay, if my opponent doesn't have guns, and I do, I just win this game pretty much. And if my opponent doesn't have, if my opponent has guns and I have an absurdly strong gun game plan, I still probably win this game. And it was just like, this is really weird. Why doesn't Brawl Machine feel like this? yeah
2: probably is also like <laughs> you failed to score the scenario for one turn you're done <laughs> yes go home well
0: <laughs> yes there is also that but that's you know much less like but but that's what out we're of your control about,
2: right? we, we we want the core that we want the scenario rules to influence the course of the game
0: yeah basically and i don't know i think It's been an unpopular opinion that I've had, but yeah, uh, Steamroller just has some problems that I think I notice more and more the more I play it. It's the worst system except for all the other ones. Oh, so it's like strength of schedule?
2: (laughs) Exactly. It's like a lot of things.
0: It's like a lot of things. Yeah. Democracy. (laughs) Oh, no. All right, John. (laughs) It's time to be done. (laughs) Yeah.
1: Yeah, I mean, that's... it, it. it is definitely, as I drop a light on my face, uh, it is a pretty interesting... Um, I need to just disconnect this thing because it's turning into a problem. Um, it's an interesting discussion. It's one that's like, it, it would take a long time to really, like, hammer down everything, but i really to just kind of talk really about cool. it a little bit.
2: It's a really cool game design problem. It's, it's yeah. cool how core it is to game design.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, definitely.
0: And it's also something that almost nobody thinks about, I think which is
2: funny cuz like it is the core strength of War Machine and has been since almost inception
0: right yeah but it's also something that does not get talked about ever yeah in you know in relation to the game i don't think like i've never seen this being discussed on discord or facebook in this kind of like serious depth it's mostly guidelines <laughs> yeah it's mostly just like i hate gun lines or xyz casters broken or why is this thing allowed or can i please have this on the A two list and the answer is no um except for kravitz you are strangely pro kravitz uh they are i think okay so here's my argument for kravitz yeah they are required to make a lot of grimkins arcana work yes in the way that the faction was designed so in my opinion that's a core rules thing that the faction has to have in order to work and that's why i think kravitz need to be on there
2: I just, I just wanted to make fun of you. I'm sorry.
0: <laughs> I don't even play Grimkin anymore, Brett. <laughs> anyway. Yeah, you and your Krabbit agenda. Hey, Kravits are great against my new faction. Are they, though? No, I'm just going to spray everything. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> are they, though? And laugh at your, like, 10-inch threat ranges. Woo-hoo. Anyway. Yep. We should probably revisit this topic sometime. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for sure. Well, now that we've all answer. realized how big it is.
2: And it's great to talk about in relation to other games, too. Like mm-hmm. MCP's relationship with Range Attacks is goddamn bizarre.
0: Yeah. Well, and their scenarios are just nothing at all like War Machines, which is yeah.
1: fun. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, I'm sure it's something we'll, we'll, Uh, break down a little more I'll even write about but it's it's an interesting it's an interesting little uh, puzzle to kind of work through Mm -hmm. yeah but thanks for I don't remember who it was that had the original question that made us talk about this but uh, I think Um, I think it was Thurigan. again was that it was early on it was really early yeah
0: I think I can probably look oh maybe I can't did it get deleted it might have gotten deleted oh whatever I'm pretty sure it was there again so oh wait no it's right here uh yeah it was there again it was the first question
1: (laughs) yeah I was gonna say it was early yeah yep sweet nice all right well uh yeah thanks so much for that question it's fun to be able to to talk about stuff like that um and also, big thanks to everybody sports supports us on Patreon because you guys are absolutely awesome. We've Woo-hoo! seriously the support's been super great, even after we uh, tried to let y'all go. <laughs> 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 no, it's it's been great. It's been uh been awesome seeing everybody sticking around, supporting everything that we do. And uh, yeah, we'll be making just as kind of a reiteration on a little bit of what's going on. We're going to be uh actually really quick here. Uh, it's when we're going to be bringing down the site probably for a little while for some maintenance. It'll hopefully look pretty different when we're done with it because it needs to. Um, Mm -hmm. And yeah,
2: we we forgot the most important piece of news. Oh, what's that? Uh, Phil has updated all of the Brawl Machine Star. Oh, yeah,
0: that happened like while we were recording, didn't it? Yeah. Yeah, just did today. So, yep. The man, the myth, the legend has updated all of the primer guides, which is insane because, oh, my gosh, that's so much work.
1: (laughs) The fact that he wrote them in the first place is nuts and then he went back and updated them so yeah. uh, i don't know yeah the guys they love you yeah seriously uh but yeah anybody who wants to, to check out our patreon is patreon.com slash los war machine it's essentially our tip jar you can go check out uh what we got going on over there uh i'll if you go to our website which is loswarmachine.com. as i said it might be down for a day or two or maybe longer we'll we have no idea what terrible darkness is in store for us when we delve into its <laughs> depths that's to what, try to fix it. That's uh, good <laughs> Yeah, it's gonna be great. Um but uh yeah it's gonna be down for a little bit but yeah loswarmachine.com uh assuming it's up um that is also if you go to the show notes for our podcast you will see in there a link to our discord which is really amazing place to have discussions about the game it also has looking for a game for war table Uh, if you want to play anything on brawl machine there's also like multiple leagues running at any given time usually Mm -hmm. Um, lots of good stuff to do on there if you want to be able to talk to people tons of Tons of good stuff going on. If you go to our Facebook, which is just line of sight, give that a like, you can see everything that we post pretty regularly. We got stuff for various games coming out these days, and uh, well, more and more coming out in the near future. We've had a pretty good, pretty good little content in it going the past while. So uh, you can go check that out. And uh, that's everything that's relevant, I think, for the moment. Go sign up for LVO. It's all wait lists, but go do it anyway.
0: <laughs> yeah, we want to see you there. Yeah. Yep.
1: I'm excited for that. Me too. Uh, and yeah, that's it. Good job, guys. Uh, mm-hmm. Next week, episode 200.
0: Yeah, we need to figure out what we're doing for that. It'll be fun. All
1: right, everybody. We'll see you all next week. Bye.
0: Bye.